Hey, uh, so I'm here on the bus. You can hear the music. Everyone's getting ready for stage three. Um, we have what is probably the only sprint stage of the Giro today. Um, there's a climb 45k in and lots of sort of small, small technical roads. Uh, they've also decided to take the, the GC time from 1k to go because there's a pretty tight um, entry into a into an arena in the last K. So uh, just to keep it safe, they've decided to take the time from 1k to go. But uh, yeah, for us, we don't really have a sprinter here. So we've decided that today is mostly just about staying safe, getting in the break if we can. Um, so for me, that means if I get in a break, obviously it could be a hard day, but it also could be quite an easy day. So um, what I'm deciding to take in my pockets is uh, kind of, yeah, comes in comes into that decision uh, I'm standing in front of the, the food cupboard here. We've got a whole cupboard full of Enabit products from, you know, protein bars to high carb bars to gels, electrolytes, anything you want. So, um, yeah, for me today, I like to have uh, a couple of rice cakes and then a couple of gels. Like I'm looking for about 60 grams of carbs an hour today, maybe 90 or a bit more if I end up in the break. Uh, so for me, I'll take a couple of the high carb gels um, and I'll have one of them an hour, so I'll probably take three, three high-carb gels and also three rice cakes and then maybe a 40-gram bottle of carbs an hour. So um, it's a fair bit. And then, of course, I'll also take uh, an extra couple of gels and maybe a caffeine gel as well, just in case I end up in the break to have those options and make sure I don't run empty. Like, it's a, a nine-day tour, and um, how I fuel in these early stages will will have an effect on on how I feel later in the tour so I definitely don't want to run empty and um yeah it's the same for everyone we just want to make sure you take care of yourself in these early days it's also hot so staying cool is a big part of it and um yeah we're looking forward to the stage um hoping everyone stays safe and we come out of it in a good position and uh yeah looking forward to it the audio that you heard is from Loretta Hansen of the Little Trek team, giving us some good insight into the pre-race goings-on in the Little Trek bus. And now Hannah Barnes and I will dissect the race. Thanks so much for listening to the Wheel Talk podcast. Hannah Barnes, safe to say that we got this stage right this time. We did. <laughs> Lorena Webus is really hard to beat in a sprint. I mean, I think that there was a, a lot played up in the beginning of the year about how Charlotte Cool might be able to challenge her as like the best sprinter in the world. But Webus really, she can't be beat in a sprint finish, it seems like. No, I mean, when she's got a clear road in front of her, it's yeah, she just sees the finish line and she goes for it. It's pretty impressive. I just read that this, she's had three races, three race days where she hasn't won a race, just three between wins. It's quite a lot for her. <laughs> but no, it's pretty impressive. She's really like her kick is just she just you just stand still when you're racing against her. So yeah, so impressive. And just seeing her like navigate through the Peloton as well. Um, I'm not sure about the lead out that she had today, but she's just so clever. She doesn't take too many risks, um, but just knows what wheels to follow and where to make those small um accelerations just to get on the right wheels and make some spaces up. It looked like her final lead out today was Barbara Garishi, who's new to the SD Works team as well. And she's someone that you've ridden with a lot. You were teammates with her. I was, yeah. <laughs> she's a little bit cutthroat in the Peloton. Like, she's going to go where she wants to go. And Yeah, Barbie, I mean, 
you definitely want to be her teammate instead of racing against her. She, she's so much. She's so good at being a teammate in the leadouts that she's she's pretty a little bit disrespectful to anyone else. You know, she's she doesn't care if you're not wearing an SD Works jersey, then she doesn't she doesn't care. She'll swipe you or elbow you. Um, but that's the kind of rider you need. I mean, some people were probably quite surprised when she went from Movistar to SD Works. But it's probably the best lead out rider that you can have for Lorena. They, they're very similar. Just like their styles of racing are quite similar. Um, and then I've done a few races with them, not loads, but you can just see that Lorena really trusts her as well. And that's what you need as your lead out rider. You need to just know that you can trust them fully to get you to where the 200 meters to go. Yeah, I feel like it's a formidable pair, a terrifying pair, the two of them. And you saw it in the end today because they were pretty poorly positioned going into the final kilometer. Um, and we'll get into that in just a second. But they weren't where you needed to be. It was a lot of Jayco Lula on the front. So let's hear from Nina Kessler. Well, uh, the three of the zero. Um, it was pretty active today and fast and a lot of things were going on in the race and especially beginning it was like so many like roundabouts corners gaps in the roads and that was making it pretty hard but we did pretty good with the team and um yeah we went over the climb and the group split it a bit um but we were all there so we were happy with that it was also pretty hot so i went to the car to get ice for everybody because everybody loves ice and we have those like uh, little panties where we put like ice cubes in and then put them in our neck. And it's pretty good during the race to have it. Also, there are never enough bottles. <laughs> so went back to the car for getting uh, bottles and uh, bring it to my teammates. And then getting closer to the final, we were sprinting for Georgia Baker today. And we wanted to like leading her out, but yeah you always make a plan before and like in the perfect scenario you lead her out like on the perfect moment and we always say like okay you start from here to here and then another teammate go from here to here but it actually goes always different than planned but uh yeah we could bring her uh, pretty good to the front and i was still there unfortunately with 4k to go i punctured so I couldn't help her anymore, but um, then my other teammates did a, did a really good job. Uh, she got a bit boxed in in the end, but she got six in the end, and that was, uh, yeah, we were happy with that. Unfortunately, uh, Letty, or Letizia Patanosta, she crashed just before the finish. It looks pretty bad, so I, I just stopped and uh, helped her. and. I think she was also yeah, pretty tired and then you hit the ground pretty hard so it's never nice but it's just um scratches so i hope she sleeps well doesn't have too much pain and uh she will be good for tomorrow so getting ready for day four your team uno x did super well being up there in where the most hectic parts of the finale were there was a lot of Team DSM Fermanich up there working for Megan Jastrab. They had um, Canyon Stram was up there for Chloe Dagger as well. But there was no SC Works for quite some time. And then it seemed like 
Barbara just basically came out of nowhere with Lorena Weebus on her wheel and went straight to the front. And that was that. It was over. Yeah. I mean, that's how Lorena, when she was on DSM in the previous years, that's how they did a lot of their sprints. They would just wait, hang back, watch all the other teams, use all their riders up, and then they would just hit it. Um, and they always nailed it. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I think, like, just looking a little bit at the course, the roads were big. They were like four lane roads for a lot of it, um, which is quite hard to to time those kind of lead outs um, because they're just, they're fast and they're just trains trying to race each other. Um, so you, it's good to just use those teams and then just hit it last minute. I feel like it's worth mentioning with Lorena and her win- winning streak also that this is her 67th victory, which when you think about how long she's been racing, which is not actually that long. And the fact that Annemiek Van Vluten just took her 100th, 100th victory, but she's been racing for a really long time, a lot longer than Lorena. It's really impressive how many races Lorena has won. Yeah, I mean, when you're a sprinter, you get a lot more opportunities than if you're a GC rider like Van Vluten, but it's it's really impressive. Um, I think she actually came to the Giro this year instead of going to the Tour, just because she knows there's so many more opportunities for her to get those state, stage wins. Um, so... I put a lot of money on saying that this isn't going to be the only stage that she wins in this Giro. Well, for the person who picked Voss as their GC pick for the race, I mean, it was a good pick while it lasted. Yeah, I mean, it was quite a, yeah, random one, but. You've got to send it and you sent it. I guess I was, yeah, I was hopeful that Voss would just pull something out and mix it up a bit. It's Voss, yeah. though. You, she's the GOAT. We love her. She finished second today. It was a, a valiant effort from Voss to take second, and Chloe Duggart took third. Before we talk about the the dangerous course, because there was a lot going on today in terms of rider safety, I just want to put you on the spot really quick about what's going through your head when you're in a sprint finish like this, because you won, you won on July 2nd in 2017, a stage of the Giro. You've been an incredible sprinter in your career and taking some pretty good sprint victories. What's it like? Uh, it's scary. <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe anyone that says they're not scared when it comes down to a sprint. Even when it's 20K to go to the line, it just gets more stressful and more stressful. Um, and stages like today, I mean, there was a, a corner, right-hand corner with 800 meters to go that went from four lanes to one lane. Um, and that's probably more important than the actual finish line. Some of the biggest talking points of today was not something that we love to talk about, but rider safety. There was a ton of crashes in the opening kilometers in the circuits. When the race started, a lot of riders went down due to unmarked road furniture. And we actually have an audio diary from Veronica Urs talking about that. So let's hear from her really quick. All right, stage three done. man (laughs) all i can say is what a shit show the first circuit we did i don't know how many crashes there were unmarked road furniture yeah uh hope everybody who went down is okay um yeah into more climbing tomorrow they also had to amend the finish a little bit and this was something that um happened very last minute in classic Jero fashion. They ended up taking the general classification times with a kilometer to go 
and letting the sprinters kind of do their thing in the final kilometer, but they didn't change the finish. They kept the finish where it was and just basically took the GC riders out of contention with a K to go. It looked like the most dangerous part was actually 2K to go until about 1K to go because there was a cobbled section and the road really narrowed quite a lot in the final kilometers as well. So this is something that the Giro has been not great at rider safety in the past and I guess continues to disappoint when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, roads in Italy in general are quite dangerous. There's a lot of bumps and holes and the tarmac isn't great. Um, and you do a lot of, you go through a lot of villages and towns. Um, I had it my first year I did the stage one, they made us do a neutral lap because it was so dangerous and they wanted us to see the lap before we started racing the lap. So like, it's, it's weird that like a lot of the time the organizers know that it's dangerous, but they still make us do it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's hard, like they need money for the, the race to go ahead and that they're the towns that have paid for the money, um, paid for the stages and put, like, put the money forward and they want that stage to finish where they want to finish in the center of the town. Um, so it's hard. If you want to race to go ahead, you have to take the money from the towns, but it also makes it quite chaotic. Yeah, and obviously in the build-up to this Giro, money was a big problem with the race organizers. They ended up having to ask the Italian Federation for money for the live coverage, which is potentially part of the reason why the live coverage is so bad. We had last we had stage two, a lot of breakup due to a thunderstorm. And then today in the finale, there was a ton of picture breakup. Um, so yeah, it, that's something as well that um, Rana Kuhar has mentioned actually. Oh, also, I know it's a bit uh, beating a dead horse, but um, I've received so many complaints about the coverage and lack of coverage and just it being kind of ridiculous. Um, a lot of people want to be able to watch and it's disappointing that they can't. So the GC times were taken with a kilometer to go and Anwik Van Vluten remains in the pink jersey followed by Cecilio Ludwig, 49 seconds behind and 51 seconds later, it's Juliette Lebu. And we're going into stage four, which looks super fun. Also classic Giro, there's only three categorized climbs and they're all relatively short, but there's an 8.3 kilometer long non-categorized climb in the middle of the two categorized climbs. So the second climb is supposedly 1.3 kilometers long i think but it's actually like nine and a half 27k from the finish <laughs> wow okay it's twisty wow i'm just looking at it now and there's not a straight bit of road in 134k i think tomorrow's a great day for a breakaway but there's also quite a lot of riders that are within a minute of the general classification and we could see some major changes in the top 10 of the GC tomorrow, I think. If I was a betting lady, I would say it was a breakaway day, um, but potentially also a GC day. But I just don't think that the climbs are long, but they're not really steep enough for it to really, really split. And if it's, I mean, if it does come down to a sprint, it will be like a group of 50 or 60 potentially. I mean, Lorena, she can surprise you, you know, like sometimes she can go over those climbs. 
And there, the 8.3 kilometer long climb, there's a reason it's not categorized. It's not very steep. I think it averages 3%, but there's still a couple climbs in there that are shorter and steeper. So I think it's one of those days where on paper, it doesn't look too bad, but it's the Giro and there could be like 16% sections in those climbs that we just don't see on paper because that happens uh, quite a lot at the Giro. Yeah, thankfully they've invented something for, called VeloViewer, so riders do have a bit more of an idea of what's coming up. I, I mean, from the long climb, let's say, there's still 30k to the finish, um, and there's that just that section of 5k with 3.3%, so it's either a breakaway day or it's still, I'm going to say it's Lorena day. It's a bold call. It might be a Vasse. She can also get up over the climbs. I also think that Little Trek is going to be keen to take any opportunity they possibly can to catch Anamik unawares. And they have Elisa Langaborghini, who is really good on the shorter climbs. So even if they're not like super steep, I, I don't think that they're just going to ride over these. I feel like if they see an opportunity to try to get some time, they're going to take it. Yeah, and they're like also, I mean, Canyon Shammar, they're feeling good in the climb and Chloe is, then you just want to ride it hard to drop Lorena or just really make her suffer. Yumbo, uh, like it's a good one for Voss, good one for Lizzie Dignan as well. So We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it, Hannah. Thanks so much for your time. We're going to close out the diary with a very raw and honest voice memo from Neve Fisher-Black, who maybe had a disappointing ride yesterday, but made up for it today by helping Lorena Webus ride to a stage win. So let's hear from Neve. Hey, Neve here from stage three at the Girodona. Um, firstly, I just apologize for a bit of silence on my diary front yesterday. Um, yeah, some days are not so good on the bike, and uh, yesterday was one of those. Um, but that's the half the essence of stage racing. You kind of have to get up and uh, go again the next day. So uh, my best, uh, I just did my best to take my mind off it, and yeah, so I just didn't want to revisit the situation in the diary and things. So um, yeah, anyway, today... Um, on a much more positive note, we had a stage win today for the team and um, with Lorena in the sprint. Um, actually, it was a pretty hard day just because it was so hectic and hot and some small city circuits and yeah, some crazy small roads was just fighting for 120k. Um, I, I quite enjoyed helping what I can to the lead out even though I'm not one of the final riders um I like being part of that sort of team it makes you feel really uh yeah part of the team and especially when Lorena finishes off like that pretty consistently um but yeah very positive hot day and yeah tomorrow I think uh, I'm just looking doing my research now will be another um hot and yeah i don't know maybe a breakaway day tough one but uh yeah we see but all in all today was a very nice day i hope we have a chance to celebrate a little bit tonight and then uh yeah tomorrow another one i hope <laughs>